Welcome to the Benson and the Nose Guys program presented by Town & Country Test Solutions. Talking sports like you would on a Sunday morning, keeping it clean and highlighting the stories and the people of faith. You can visit our website, btgprogram.com, or on Twitter, at BTG Program. We're excited to be joining CBS Sports Radio in Rochester by a 105.5 The Team and their network of stations. The guys are here, Pastor Shane, Darren, the unreasonable one, Zach, the useless one. Labels we give them, by the way, with all due respect and with all love. For those who may be new to the program, we try to find a balance as we look at the sports world from a faith-based perspective. We're not a faith program with sports, but rather a sports program with faith, if that makes sense. So we welcome you in. We're glad you're here joining us as we mix faith, sports, and try to work in some humor over this next hour. Let me understand this. Let's see if you guys understand this. Is New Jersey Governor Chris Christie going to be in the news every time the Dallas Cowboys play? (laughs) I hope not. Social media as well as news outlets once again lit up with comments on the governor's presence in the Cowboys owner Jerry Jones' personal box. Does does that bother you guys? It's just a bromance. Everyone needs to get over it. Many New Jersey residents are especially irritated that Christie favors uh, the cowards, yeah, the Cowboys over hometown favorites like the Jets, Giants, and Philadelphia Eagles. But, I mean, just because I live now here outside Buffalo, here in Rochester, I'm now a major radio personality in this area. (laughs) Am I expected to give up my favorite New York Giants and now root for the Buffalo Bills? No, I I think it's ridiculous. People take sports just a, a little bit too seriously. I can understand if the Jets were actually in the playoffs and if they were actually a good football team and maybe if they were playing the Dallas Cowboys. I could understand it a little bit then, but why not let the guy root for his favorite team right now? He's been a Cowboys fan his entire life. In fact, those criticizing him for uh, being a Cowboys fan, why aren't, why aren't you praising him for his loyalty? He's been a Cowboys fan. He remains a Cowboys fan. And, uh, by the way... If you were, you guys are Bills fans, Darren, Zach. If you were invited by Robert Kraft to sit in his box at a New England Patriots game, you guys would be there, right? I'm totally there. And I'll wear a Patriots hat too. I don't care. So I don't understand the problem here. And let's just be real. Uh, If you are letting somebody's sports views, who their favorite team is, influence how you vote politically, then you're really a special kind of stupid, aren't you? You probably shouldn't be voting anyway if that's the case. Yeah. It was kind of humorous, though, to see the poor guy. Did you see the clips where he's left hanging on the high five? (laughs) (laughs) There was that moment of awkwardness that it was kind of funny, but... um, It kind of reminded me of last year when the Patriots would purposely leave Tom Brady hanging when he was looking for high five. That's just fun to watch. The problem I have, though, many of those criticizing Christie on social media quickly prove their low intellect by lowering themselves to poke fun at his weight. Okay, the guy's heavy. We we get it. You know, but it's as if these people all have it together. Come on. You're better than that. you got to be better than that. Grow up. Get off the guy's weight. It's like, that's, the, that's one major negative side to the Internet is it gives every moron a voice. Yeah. How legit, though, is reality show The Biggest Loser? I've never watched it. Do you guys watch any reality television? Not one nope. second. Of, actually, nope. you know, check that. The first season of Survivor, I watched that. I've watched The Biggest Loser a couple times. I, I've not watched any of these shows. 
Um, but Scott Mitchell, he played quarterback in the NFL for the Dolphins, the Lions, Bengals, Ravens. Uh, he says that being on the show this year was harder than his 11 years in the NFL. He says it's not even close. Mitchell went from 366 pounds down to the 242 that he weighed in on this latest episode. And before agreeing to participate in The Biggest Loser, um, he just sort of figured he was going to be fat the rest of his life. So this has kind of been a life-changing experience for him. That's a lot of LBs that he took off. Wow, I just looked up a picture of him. He, he looks like a completely different person. It's a great story. Beginning to, uh, before beginning to deal with his weight issues, he, he, he said he was borderline diabetic, suffering from sleep apnea, high blood pressure, very tentative about taking the challenge of being on the program, uh, concerned with not only the physical demands, but also dealing with the shame in front of an audience of millions. I gotta tell you, that's a program I'm not going on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even if I am 366, but, for him, for Scott Mitchell, this this was life-changing. He recalls one morning on a hike where he sat down on the, the road, the path, whatever, and, and he just started crying, knowing that uh, he it, it was starting to come together for him, knowing he was focused on the things that brought pain and sorrow, in, and that's what he was focused on, which led to the weight gain. But good for him. He dealt with those issues and began to overcome them. He said the experience was beautiful, wonderful, life-saving. So shame on all of you who poke fun at Governor Christie's or anyone else's weight issues. You really have no idea what somebody's dealing with. Yeah, this this same season that he's on right now, it also had Damian Woody on there as well. And it, it was kind of like that eye-opening thing. Like with Damian Woody, he was just in the league just a few seasons ago. And to see how he had let himself go and to see the changes he made, same thing. It's just it was really interesting to see their transformations that they're making both physically and mentally. And, um, you know, uh, as Darren knows, when you try to lose weight, it's, you know, as much uh, physically demanding as it is emotionally demanding hey, as well. Let me tell you what. I, I'm, okay, I'm skinny, okay? It is just as annoying to hear people ask me if I eat. Anything as, as I, I, I yeah we all we all wish you, we had your problems. no it's terrible it gets annoying okay I, I just want that out there leave skinny people alone don't, we don't eat. hate me because I'm beautiful <laughs> I am yeah. beautiful no I was referring to myself <laughs> couple of quick hits did you see Adam Vinatieri hit that 53 yard field goal in the Colts uh, wild card win over the Bengals this past Sunday with plenty of room to spare by the way the he league saw it. It, exactly right the league saw it and now Vinatieri. Never really known for having a particularly strong leg has been ordered by the league to take a <laughs> random drug test. Yeah, I'm sure that's all random. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm wondering about the randomness. And what do you do if you find yourself stranded and your car is completely on the other side of town? What do you do? If you're one 19-year-old man, he's arrested on suspicion of DUI after driving a stolen golf cart. That belonged to the Rose Bowl onto the 210 freeway in Pasadena following a college football game on New Year's Day. He wins. He's on his way to go get his car. That's that right. was his. That's awesome. Now, Darren and Zach, you guys are both Bills fans. And no, they're not our favorite team. I'd say Shane and I are fans. We both want to see them do well, but maybe not beat our guys. But reports that former head coach Doug Marone did not interview well with the New York Jets and perhaps is out of the running for their head coach position. That you guys got to be loving that, right? I have not seen 
a coach leave town and just get destroyed by everybody like Marone is. Maybe, maybe he really is a jerk. I'm starting to believe it. This past week, a former assistant of Marone's at Syracuse, Bob Casulo, in an interview called Marone self-centered, selfish, and greedy, adding that any team which hired Marone would be reshuffling an egomaniac less than 500 coach. And he also said when he takes a job, he has already has his plan in place for his next job. I saw that, and I was like, you know, wow, this guy, you know, this is not, this is a very damning thing to say about Doug Marone. And then I saw another article by a coach that's on the Bills staff right now who was hired by Marone who said the opposite. Hey, leave him alone. He's a great guy. You know, he doesn't deserve all this criticism. So I'm sure the truth probably is somewhere in the middle. You've got a guy that was fired from Syracuse by Marone who obviously hates him. And then you got a guy who's maybe hoping that Marone takes him to the next team so he has, still has a job. I'm sure probably somewhere in the middle is the actual truth. But uh, it, it does not look good for Doug Marone as far as his interpersonal skills. Yeah, when I'm when I'm online searching something, I'm reading reviews, and a majority of them are positive, and there's a few negatives. I, I tend to think that it's going to be a good product, whereas if a majority are negative, I think it's going to be bad. I, I'm, I'm tending to take that same approach here with Marone. The majority of people coming out right now are just crushing the guy. So maybe he really isn't the best choice for the Bills, and, and the more that comes out, the, the the happier I am that he left town. Well, poor Marone also had his Wikipedia page altered this <laughs> week I love by what must have been angry Bills fans. And you know if it's on Wikipedia, it must be true. His bio called him, Douglas walks out on his team, Marone. <laughs> <laughs> and it also reads that, quote, walked out on the Buffalo Bills after their defense brought them to the first winning season in a decade. He has no offensive skills, so he won't be hired by another team unless the Jets want to suck again in 2015. (laughs) Wikipedia, by the way, corrected the page. You're listening to Benson and Those Guys, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Former Major League pitcher and friend of the Benson and Those Guys program, Don Gordon will be speaking live at Grace Baptist Church in Brockport on Sunday, February 1st at 9.45 a.m. Don is the international baseball director for SCORE International and played 10 years of professional baseball as well as five seasons in Latin America. Uniquely gifted to minister to men and families, God has used Don in countries all around the world to speak his heart from the Word of God. Come hear Don Gordon speaking live February 1st at Grace Baptist Church in Brockport. Services begin at 9.45 a.m. McAfee's Remodeling is a full-service remodeling company, locally owned and operated for nearly two decades. McAfee's team of professionals can help remodel or replace your windows, and for exterior and interior remodels, no one beats their personal and professional service. Call McAfee's Remodeling at 585-402-1070. That's 585-402-1070 or visit them online at mcafeeremodeling.com. In retirement, will you outlive your money? It's a common question for people approaching retirement, but it doesn't need to weigh on you. Ask Ameriprise Financial Advisor Nathan R. Wegman about the new Confident Retirement Approach. You and Nathan can break down retirement, planning step-by-step to get the real answers you need. Call Nathan R. Wegman, Financial Advisor, today at 585-272-0080. Office is located at 2024 West Henrietta Road, Building 3E, Rochester, New York, 14623. 
The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Title sponsor of Benson and Those Guys is Town & Country Pest Solutions. Serving Rochester for over 25 years, Town & Country Pest Solutions' team of knowledgeable professionals can make your pest problem a thing of the past. Alligators, ants, bed bugs, snakes, yellow jackets, they do it all. Take back your home and put your mind at ease. Call Town & Country today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town and Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. Welcome back to Benson and Those Guys. The show is brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solutions. We're here in the BTG studio. And guys, I'm never going to make fun of women's sports again. Okay, I probably will, but I won't mean it as much as I used to. <laughs> Talk about a baller. Tulsa University sophomore guard Ashley Hughes is flat-out tough. Did you see the, the the highlights at all? In a game against the number 2 UConn Huskies the other night, uh turned out to be a 38-point loss for Tulsa. Hughes was diving for a loose ball, collided with a Huskies guard, breaking her two front teeth and spitting them across the floor. Oh, jeez. Her coach retrieved so them with a tissue, while Hughes went to the bench and got tended to. But a, a few minutes later, she went back in the game, sporting a fashionable new mouthpiece, and drilled a three-pointer. I was going to say, like, shouldn't they all be wearing mouthpieces? It, doesn't everybody wear one at this point? Uh, she's wearing one now, but I think you're missing the point. <laughs> the girl got her teeth busted out. Went back in the game and hit a three-pointer. So so you're surprised that a girl was able to hit a three-pointer? I'm just telling you what I would not <laughs> be doing. Let me tell you And what. that's, I, I'd be in the locker room, I'm done, I'm out of here, see ya, you know, tell, maybe another time. Women's basketball? It's still awful. Yeah, yeah, but I, this girl is tough. She's tough, yeah. This is, this is no, tough. No dispute in did that. You, did you hear about the hockey player she, that died and wanted to go back in the game? That's what men do. Yeah, let me tell you, <laughs> Ashley Hughes will take you and break you. <laughs> she is, you are going back in the game. Who are you kidding? Yes, you, I would. No, yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be crying like a little schoolgirl. You can't prove that because I don't play basketball anymore. So, yeah, I'd totally go back. But you were part of the women's basketball team at, at your college, <laughs> weren't you? That's a true story. <laughs> that is a true story. That's Can we get into that a little bit? And I was bit? awesome at it. You were at Liberty... University, part of the women's college basketball team. Yeah. True or untrue? Yeah, no, that's best a, that, that, you don't team. have to go to any further explanation. <laughs> All we want to know if that was true or untrue. <laughs> any listeners that are new to this show, we should let you know in advance. You're going to hear a lot about Darren's high school and college sports. I exploits. have never talked about high school on the air. Yeah, I find true. that hard to believe. <laughs> Prove we it. Go back through the records. <laughs> Prove but, it. Yeah, I, I'm sure you mentioned you should have been MVP at least four times. I should have been. See, there we go. Hey, speaking of tough, kind of a strange week for Rochester native John Jones of the UFC. Man, Jones is, he's 20 and 1, probably, maybe, pound for pound, the best fighter in the world. But after defeating, um, Daniel Cormier, uh, via unanimous decision Saturday at UFC 182, he defended, which is pretty amazing. This was his eighth consecutive defense of his light heavyweight title. 
but just a few days later he checked himself into a rehab facility after testing positive for a metabolite found in cocaine. Now he's not, uh, the test is considered out of competition, so by rules, you know, he it's still, the fight counts. Only if during the competition he was banned for had had tested positive for that so i i didn't understand that portion of it that that i i was kind of confused by the out of competition and well the test it, was done back in december when he was still training if it was the pre fight test okay then it would have been he would have been suspended it the fight wouldn't have counted so what if he tested positive for like steroids or something that's different the cocaine is not the metabolite that he was tested positive for is not performance enhancing okay in fact probably just the opposite i would think i don't know i've never tried it i would consider it a performance (laughs) enhancer if it was in his system while he was fighting but just used recreationally months before a fight i would think is not he checked himself into a drug rehab facility and by all reports I've seen, very forthcoming, very open about dealing with his problems. And he's not completely without troubles. In 2012, he was arrested on suspicion of driving under the influence when he drove his car into a telephone pole in New York. Thanks. Yeah. Now, because he's been up front with the issue, people are standing behind him. Reebok signed him to a promotional deal less than a month ago. They commend John in their uh, statement. We commend John for taking the necessary steps to address this issue. We'll support him in any way we can. The status of John's relationship with Reebok has not changed. Yeah, people are pretty forgiving in today's society if you're trying to better yourself. Exactly right. Now, Jones is a professed Christian. He has Philippians 4.13 tattooed on his, uh, across his chest. And I'm sure as a result of this, he's going to have his fair share of detractors. We talk a lot about, especially on this program, the importance of protecting your reputation, especially as a believer in Christ. And certainly one would think that being admitted into rehab does not necessarily help your reputation. So he's going to get people taking shots at him. Of course. But he knows his faith makes him a target anyway for people to label him a hypocrite due to his struggles. He said that those people forget a fundamental aspect of his beliefs, that Christians aren't They're not perfect people. Here's a quote from John Jones. At the end of the day, a Christian isn't someone who believes everything, who, um, excuse me, isn't someone who does everything right. Christians are ultimately sinners who ultimately recognize that they're sinners, and they try to do things a little better. I'm not perfect by any means. I never claimed to be. It's a good quote, and it's true. So many people are, are very quick to jump on Christians. Speaking of which, his former training partner, uh, a gentleman who then became a fellow competitor, Rashad Evans, is on record as saying that Jones's downfall may be his Christian faith. And here's a quote from uh, Evans. I think John is going to be a great people's champion when he starts acting like a real person and stop acting like he's morally better than somebody else or he's on a higher plane or he's figured out something that the rest of us haven't. I think that John thinks that he owns the spotlight. Now, Jones, by the way, doesn't feel his Christianity gives him any physical advantage, saying that God doesn't like him any more than any other competitor. Uh, his quote is, I never really offend my opponent. I'm not putting anyone else down. I'm saying that I believe that I'm going in there to win. It's it's such a a, a commonplace story. We see it so often. Here's a guy that has confidence in himself. Listen, if you're in UFC, you're a boxer. You got Really, you're an athlete at any level. 
you have confidence in yourself. And folks on the other side are so quick to say, to look at a Christian athlete and say, well, you know, your faith gets in the way, your faith is why you're not successful or your faith is uh, not real. They take shots at it all the time. What does he mean by acting like a real people's champion or whatever he said, going out and getting hammered every weekend? No, he he thinks he's going to be a good champion among the people. He's going to be someone that represents the people well, but he's saying um, he thinks he's morally better because he's a Christian. Because his sins are forgiven, he thinks he's better than somebody else. And I don't think that that's what Jones has ever said. That's what bothers me, yeah, because there's no way he's ever said that. I mean, I I don't think I've heard... Any Christian athlete say, oh, I'm better than you because my sins have been forgiven. Like, that's just a, a negative thought that people tend to just jump to when it comes to Christians. I really like his quote there about, you know, how God doesn't show favoritism to him. It's mm-hmm. it, he's, he's on the level that he's at because of the work that he's put in. And that's a lot of, you know, I, I think a lot of people who are not Christians think that Christians assume that they're better than everybody else, when in fact, the Bible is very clear that God does not show favoritism. His desire is for his people to turn back to him. We see that all throughout the Old and New Testaments. And for Jones to step up and say that, you know, in response to what you read there, that that's a good thing. That I think that's a thing that people easily overlook. It's an assumption that is made by non-Christians that we should, as Christians, be correcting and saying, I'm not, no better than you. I'm I'm just as bad as you are, I, I make the same mistakes you do, that sort of thing. People are quick to jump on it. I I admire him for handling it. I mean, he's he he checked himself into rehab. I wish him well. I don't know the man. I reached out to them uh, to try to get him to come on the program, but this was, of course, before he checked himself into, into rehab, so the fact that they didn't get back to us, I know why. Um, but I, here's hoping he seems very real. Seems very open and honest about his problems, and I admire that because so many people just assume that Christians think they're perfect. Like you kind of summed up, Shane. Uh, Christians think they're above everybody else, and and that's not true. No. The difference being, we realize our issues and have come and really dealt with them. Uh, much like we talked earlier in the program, Scott Mitchell came to that point where he realized I need to deal with my what what is leading to my weight gain. Well, Christians come to that point where they got to deal with their sin and the fact mm-hmm. that Christ has forgiven their sins by dying on the cross. Well, that's that's what we realize, Darren. Like all Christians aren't the people from Westboro Baptist Church. Okay, there are actually loving, good people out there that, like like John Jones, he was just trying to be real and live his life right, live it to the best of his ability, and he messed up. He's owning it. Like I, I don't see why. Now, I, I, I get why people are hating on him, but at the same time, he's being real with you. He's giving you a look into him, and that's also getting him criticism. You can't win. Yeah, he's he's going to get his fair share. There's no yeah. doubt about it. I mean, if you profess to be a believer in Christ, you profess that, you got your Bible verse uh, stamped on your chest, mm-hmm. then you go end up in a, in a drug rehab you're going to get people taking their shots. They're going to call you hypocrites for sure. At the same time, sports fans generally as a whole are pretty forgiving as well. Um, what we like to see from our athletes is if they make a mistake, that they own it and they do what they need to do to correct it. And generally when they come back from that, we accept them back, wouldn't you say? I, I would agree. And ask Lance Armstrong. 
you yeah. know, who handled it the other way. Ask yeah. an Alex Rodriguez who handled it the other way. Ask a Josh Gordon. Uh, guys that are going to come out and, and flat face lie to you, deny it. Uh, they don't get the public support that somebody who handles their, their issue. So John Jones, uh, kind of a strange week, goes out, defends his championship, then ends up in drug rehab. As we go to break, take a listen to our sponsors and uh, support them. Give, them. give them some of your business for supporting us. You're listening to Benson and those guys. McAfee's Remodeling is a full-service remodeling company, locally owned and operated for nearly two decades. McAfee's team of professionals can help remodel or replace your windows, and for exterior and interior remodels, no one beats their personal and professional service. Call McAfee's Remodeling at 585-402-1070. That's 585-402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. In retirement, will you outlive your money? It's a common question for people approaching retirement, but it doesn't need to weigh on you. Ask Ameriprise Financial Advisor Nathan R. Wegman about the new Confident Retirement Approach. You and Nathan can break down retirement, planning step-by-step to get the real answers you need. Call Nathan R. Wegman, Financial Advisor, today at 585-272-0080. Office is located at 2024 West Henrietta Road, Building 3E, Rochester, New York, 14623. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. ESPN sportscaster Stuart Scott this week succumbed to cancer at the age of 49. Scott had changed the way sports news was covered with his many unique catchphrases and with a style all his own. His speech last year at the ESPY Awards was as legendary and memorable a speech as was Jim Valvano's. He battled cancer and yet somehow managed to persevere and give viewers a quality broadcast without giving them even a hint of just how much he suffered. Mike Wilbon writes that Scott would suffer through a chemotherapy session in the morning, catch a quick nap, maybe a small bite, but then he'd put himself through a kickboxing class and attempt to strengthen his body for its fight with cancer. Then he'd show up at the studio to prepare for a Friday night NBA doubleheader broadcast that might have him working till 1 in the morning. Wilbon says Scott would then continue on without so much as even a bad word for anybody. There'd be times he'd close his eyes during a commercial break, There'd be trips to the bathroom that most everyone knew included violent illness. When people would comment, though, that he shouldn't work tonight, he'd most often respond with, bro, I'm good. Stuart Scott made watching a sports newscast fun with the energy he displayed each and every time he was on camera. To say that Stuart Scott bravely fought cancer would be an understatement. He said that you beat cancer by how you live, why you live, and the manner in which you live. I, of course, did not know Stuart Scott, but it was his love for his children, his two daughters, with which I identified most. He said that the best thing I've ever done, the best thing I will ever do, is be a dad. I don't know if Scott was a man of faith, but I know that the love he spoke of for his kids and the love that others say he had for his kids is in a small way a reflection of God's love for us. I know how much I love my kids, 
I can only imagine how much you love yours, and yet it does not compare to just how much God cares for us. I never want to force my faith on anyone. In fact, I can't really force my faith on anyone, can I? But I do want to take advantage of the opportunities as they come along to declare what I know. But ultimately, the decision is on the hearer. No strong arming, no screaming and hollering, no bullhorn, but here's what I know in two minutes or less. Beyond even the great joy I get from my family, the greatest joy in my life is knowing that my sins have been forgiven based on the relationship I have with Jesus Christ. I'm a guilty sinner, and if you're honest with yourself, you know that you are too. In fact, you might even be thinking of your most habitual sins right now. As a result, we're separated from a holy God, and when we die, we're going to be eternally separated. Our sins have earned us a place in hell. But because God loved us so much, he came to earth and gave himself as a sacrifice on the cross. He paid our debt and now stands ready to forgive each of us if only we call on him, admitting that we are a sinner, asking him to forgive us of those sins, and then repenting from them, allowing God to change our life so that from that point forward, we place our trust completely in him and lead a life based in love and selflessness according to his instructions in the Word of God. Contrary to what many seem to believe, such a life is not a life of doing without, but a life of fullness. Nobody is promising that everything will be peaches and roses, but it will be one of peace and comfort. If you want to know more, contact me through our website, btgprogram.com, but in honor of Stuart Scott, let me use his words to describe a Christ-centered life. Like gravy on a biscuit, it's all good. You're listening to Benson and those guys. Title sponsor of Benson and those guys is Town & Country Pest Solutions. Serving Rochester for over 25 years, Town & Country Pest Solutions team of knowledgeable professionals can make your pest problem a thing of the past. Alligators, ants, bedbugs, snakes, yellow jackets, they do it all. Take back your home and put your mind at ease. Call Town & Country today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. Former Major League pitcher and friend of the Benson and Those Guys program, Don Gordon will be speaking live at Grace Baptist Church in Brockport on Sunday, February 1st at 9.45 a.m. Don is the international baseball director for SCORE International and played 10 years of professional baseball as well as five seasons in Latin America. Uniquely gifted to minister to men and families, God has used Don in countries all around the world to speak his heart from the Word of God. Come hear Don Gordon speaking live February 1st at Grace Baptist Church in Brockport. Services begin at 9.45 a.m. Benson and Those Guys is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. This week, for the first time since 1955, the Baseball Writers Association of America elected four members to the Baseball Hall of Fame. Randy Johnson, Pedro Martinez, and John Smoltz, all in their first year. 
of eligibility and Craig Biggio are all on their way to the Hall of Fame. You guys like the class? You know what I love about the Baseball Hall of Fame as compared to others? It is legitimately Hall of Fame. It's not the Hall of Very Good. It's not, you know, they don't put in six or seven or eight or ten people at a time. They don't put in large classes. This is the first time since uh, 55 that four people were put in by it. Now, I know the the Veterans Committee or whoever might add one or two, but the baseball writers are putting in four guys. First time since 55. I like that about the Baseball Hall of Fame. It's legit. Yeah, I feel like the Baseball Hall of Fame is a lot more legit than the other ones. It's almost like it's, I don't want to say easier to get in the other sports Hall of Fames, but it seems that way. And I really like this year's class a lot. Randy Johnson got in with 97.3%. Pedro Martinez got in with 91.1%. Smoltz, 82.9% of the votes. Who didn't vote for Randy Johnson? There's always one. That guy that says nobody gets in on their first ballot. I won't vote for any first year. His his vote ought to be taken away. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know what I think. What I've heard is Babe Ruth deserves nobody else's Babe Ruth. So forget it. Now, in a couple of years, Mariano Rivera is due. I get it. I'm a Yankees fan. Whatever. The guy should go in. He's a first ballot player. Randy Johnson. Should be it should be unanimous. How do you not vote for him if you're saying that uh, I don't think he should get in or who who are these guys that just kind of well not this year next year he's what changed between this year and next year that makes him eligible? I don't know, and I feel like half of these guys never actually played the sport. Mike Piazza did not get in. And there's some questions about steroids there though. There's quite there's rumors there's there's no proof he's never failed a test. And there's not that smoking gun where so-and-so said so or so-and-so said they saw it, as with other players. He's never failed and nobody has ever. It's true. It's just rumors. It's just talk. Now, it might be true. And I know some of the guys say, well, I don't want to vote him in and then have it break and find some smoking gun that he did do it. If that's the case, just take him back. Yeah, yeah. so what? There are guys in the Hall of Fame now. That have taken steroids. There have to be. The odds say there have to be. Right. And, and, and if you want, take him out afterwards. But if he has not failed the test, if there is nothing that, some sliver of proof, how can you not vote for the guy? And what makes the difference? And here's what I've heard some reporters saying. Well, he'll probably get in next year. He's been inching closer. Uh, next year's probably the year for him. What changed? What changed this year to next year that next year he's going to get in? Well, our, our opinion of uh, the steroids users, the PED users, are is softening. I have noticed what? that, though. The, the stance on steroid users is softening. I don't know if that's actually – is that true, though? I mean, they, they showed some of the percentages of votes received by, like, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, Barry Bonds. 10% and- for McGuire, 6.6%. For Sosa. And, and those numbers are going down. They're not going up each yeah, but year. They weren't, in, in my opinion, someone like Sosa, he had a ton of home runs and everything. But when I think of Hall of Famers, I'm not, Sosa's not the first person on my mind. I don't believe Sosa has failed a test. I, I could be wrong about that. But what he, what, what really works against Sosa is obviously is that the, he turned white. The corked bat and his appearance before <laughs> the Senate, where all of a sudden, he couldn't speak English. Uh, what? I, I don't understand. 
Mm-hmm. Have you have you seen a picture of him lately? It's scary. Tell me you haven't seen that picture. I I, I have entire, not. His entire his entire exact scene. I know his entire. He looks kind of Michael Jackson ish. Yeah, is what he's, he's literally at. changed colors. Like, I, I guess that's a sign. So of that keeps of, him out of the Hall of Fame. No, I, I what do you say? He's too sports. I mean, of steroids. Side effect of sports. Well, I I think there there's there's the entities. You got Roger Clemens. You got Mark McGuire. You got Sammy Sosa. Where you got these. Uh, other than a failed test, you've got some really solid evidence that yeah. would suggest that they're PED users. You don't have that with Mike Piazza. And anybody who has said, well, I heard, refuses to give names. Well, then it does, then it's not even valid. If you're, if you're writing me an anonymous letter to complain, I'm not even replying to you because you're, you won't even come forth. You know, same thing here. You know, going back to, to, uh, uh, Pedro here. What do you get? Ninety-one percent of the votes. Ninety-one point one percent. Do do the guys that didn't vote for him forget how good he was? Why did he only get ninety-one percent? He was filthy and somewhat crazy. Like he wasn't afraid of anybody out there. He pointed at. He rolled on Zimmer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> who who was it? Posada. He was pointing at his head, saying, "I'm going to hit you in the head." Like that guy was nuts, and he was amazing at pitching. He was. I think he was better at his best than Randy Johnson was at his. Well, I would disagree with that. Three out of four going in on the first ballot. Craig Biggio getting in. I'm not going to make a big stink about Craig Biggio. I, I, I don't know for me that he passes the eye test as a Hall of Famer. Very good player, but yeah. three out of four getting in. Congratulations, Randy Johnson, Pedro Martinez, John Smoltz, Craig Biggio. Tim Sweeney is the Director of Public Relations for SCORE International, joins us now on the phone. Before we talk about your work with SCORE, though, Tim, let me ask you about the upcoming national championship game. Do you think Ohio State will be able to slow down the Oregon offense? Well, you know, I don't know, Rick, but uh, i tell you what, they are both really, really good teams, and uh, I don't think I can go wrong either way. I know being a Southern guy, it's tough not to see one of our teams in it, but uh, I love to watch Oregon. Love to see what they're going to wear. And then uh, there's a kid actually from my high school that plays for Ohio State. So, uh, you know, I've got a winner either way. Who do you give the edge to? Oregon looks pretty tough. Yeah, you think having Urban Meyer on the sidelines is any type of advantage for the Buckeyes? I, I think that's a huge advantage. And, you know, I, we're going to talk about a score later, but did you know Urban Meyer went on the triple this few years ago? I did not know that. That's very cool. Yeah, he went down when he was still with the Gators, and, you know, I'm a big Georgia Bulldog fan, so, you know, the Bulldog Nation was always curious to, you know, if, if Gators could actually go to heaven, so I, I think they can probably still do that. <laughs> well, you guys got a good guy at Mark Richt. We are very blessed, and they hired a new offensive coordinator today, uh, and Brian Schottenheimer, so we're pretty excited. I think we, uh, we got things headed in the right direction. I'm kind of, uh, well, you know, I'm a Syracuse fan, but we don't get to talk about football much or about Syracuse. But uh, So I kind of follow Michigan. What do you think about them hiring Jim Harbaugh? you think he'll be able to restore the program to that elite college program that it once was? I really believe he will. He's got a just a very good temperament, I think, for a college coach. And uh, I think he's going to be a guy that really brings Michigan. It's going to be, the, you know, Michigan, Michigan State, Wisconsin, and Ohio State. And even Penn State, you know, a lot of guys aren't really giving Franklin the chance yet. I mean, he's just kind of restocking the cupboards. Uh, he's a very gifted coach, so the Big Ten's really on the rise. 
You think with uh, Meyer and Harbaugh, maybe we'll have Woody Hayes and Bo Schembechler all over again. It's very possible. It's very possible. Those two guys are, are just unbelievable football coaches. And I can't really, I, you know, I'm very excited about seeing the game next week. I'm going to be in Louisville next week, uh, at the AFCA, the American Football Coaches Association. And I'll be with our football director. So I always love to watch games with him. He played at Alabama and was actually Bear Bryant's last recruit. So just to get his take on football, I mean, as much as I think I know, I really learned a lot being with guys like that. If you were the general manager, you had the first pick of the upcoming NFL draft, are you going to take a quarterback, and, and if you do, which one? If I needed a quarterback, I think I would go with Mariota. You think he has the tools uh, to be an NFL quarterback? You know, I love Jameis' size and, and his athletic ability, and I've read that he's a very bright kid. Uh, and hopefully, you know, he'll mature and, and not make those mistakes. But I know in the NFL, they don't want problems off the field that they have to deal with. And, uh, Mariota has been nothing but just a godsend for the, you know, for Oregon because he, he knows that system. Uh, and I, I tell you what, if I was Chip Kelly, I would be trading the farm to get him because he understands the system that Chip Kelly wants to run better than any quarterback he's ever had. As we look forward to the, NFL playoffs this weekend. Who who do you see coming out of each of the two conferences? Uh, I'm really looking at Seattle and New England, and I know that's kind of the top pick, but uh, that defense in Seattle, uh, getting to stay in, in Seattle, they're pretty scary. They're pretty scary. And if Cam, you know, if Cam Newton has a good weekend and can throw the ball deep, I know he struggled with that recently, then uh, they might give him a scare. But I just don't know if anybody's really going to have a chance to beat Seattle in Seattle. We're talking with Tim Sweeney, the director of public relations for Score International, and we've been together on a couple of short-term uh, mission trips now. Can you take a moment and talk about Score, its ministry, and uh, your role with the ministry? Oh, I, I, one of my favorite things to talk about. I, I get so excited when I talk about Score. It stands for Sharing Christ, Our Redeemer Enterprises, and what we are blessed to do is we get to use. Uh, our, our little bit of athletic ability and desire, we go out and we get coaches and athletes to go overseas and we use their talents to play games and then after each game, we share Christ. So sharing Christ and being around athletes, I, I am so blessed to do what I do and uh, would really love to get more people, you know, from all over the country. We don't have a whole lot of teams from out west and we don't have a whole lot of teams from up in your area. We've been blessed to get you and some of your guys from your church going, Rick, but we want as many people going as possible. We want to go down and we want to share the love of Christ with people in the Dominican Republic and Costa Rica and Panama. Those are kind of our hubs. And we go over and we can play all the sports and uh, use that as a tool, just like we would use a hammer and nail if we were going down to build a building. They're going to use that as a way to reach out and share with people. Well, we're going to use a, a bat and a ball or, you know, a football or a baseball or basketball, whatever the case may be, and we're going to play against them, we're going to have to spend time with them, and then we're going to share Christ with them. I've been part of the baseball trips a number of times, um, but what other things? If somebody's got a baseball team, I know a soccer team, basketball, football, uh, are those really the big ones that you folks do, or, or can pretty much any team come? We can do just about anything. We've had wrestling teams. Uh, we had a lacrosse team a couple of years ago. 
those are things that are wide open. We had a girls' golf team that went down one year. We're wide open to anything. Um, you know, we can. We've actually got. This is pretty exciting, Rick. A guy that I met last year coaches girls' baseball, and I, I honestly I didn't know that we even did girls' baseball. Not softball. They played baseball. Oh wow! So uh, this guy called me wanting to go on a trip and. And I was very honest with him. I said, well, let me check and see if there's even girls playing baseball in the Dominican and worked with our staff down there and they found four teams and I told them, come on, let's go, let's do it. They're going down this summer to play girls baseball. We have our own hotels, we cook the food, we have the buses, we schedule all the activities. Uh, there's a questionnaire that coaches fill out before we leave just to kind of let us know what they're looking for and that's how we build their schedule. Jim, can you take a minute and uh, share with us how you first came to know Jesus Christ as your Savior? Absolutely. I, I love telling the story because, you know, when I look back, I, I really see that God had a plan. And uh, when I was 17, I wasn't raised in a church family. Uh, my, my dad actually passed away about, uh, what is it, 19 years ago uh, of cirrhosis of the liver. So that's kind of the, the life that I led. And uh, when I was 17, I used to go play basketball every week with my uncle. And my uncle was eight years older than me. I was kind of the, the little brother that was always following after him growing up. And so we played basketball every Thursday night at one of his friend's school. His friend was the principal at an elementary school, and he would uh, open up the gym and we'd go play. And, you know, that, these guys were all older than me, so they always kind of, Pushed me to the side like a little brother. Well, when I was 17, I, I wanted to be like Charles Barkley. You know, I was built like Charles Barkley. I was a big round guy. I couldn't jump like Charles Barkley, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, and I'd go out and I was banging and pushing and shoving. They had all kind of laughed it off. Well, my uncle started bringing his pastor. And that was a problem for me because at that time I thought, well, you know, he's a Christian, I, I better not hit him, you know, that, that wouldn't be nice. You know, he's a preacher, I don't want to push him around. And after about three weeks in my 17-year-old mind, I, I finally got tired of it. I called my uncle and I said, Ben, you're going to have to get this guy out of here. I don't want him coming back because I can't play basketball the way I want to play basketball. And he said, Brother Steve can handle himself. You do what you need to do. And I thought, okay, so this week I'm going to take him out and then he'll stop coming. Well, God opened that door. He opened that door. Steve and I were one-on-one, and Steve absolutely crushed me. And as I was sliding across the floor before I hit the wall, I thought, what in the world? I didn't think a Christian could do that. Well, what they didn't tell me was Pastor Steve's brother was older than him and had played for the Knicks for a while, so he was a much better basketball player than I was ever going to be. And Pastor Steve used that as a way to introduce me to Christ, and, and I came to know Christ through that. So when I look at what I'm doing now and I see these kids going over and the athletes, and we're using basketball and baseball and all these other sports to, to share Christ, the same thing happened to me. They used the ball to get to get you know get me to Christ. So I, I'm so lucky to be doing what I'm doing. You've seen me, Rick. I'm not really built like a basketball player. I wasn't going to say anything about that. I was, listen, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to let the listener think whatever. Hey, I'm a football player. I know it, but I, I wanted to, to go out there and bang when I was playing basketball. So, But, yeah. yeah, it's just wonderful. I mean, to see what Christ has done with that. I mean, I get so excited about taking these kids on trips because I know what Christ did for me using that basketball. So, 
I just can't wait to go on the next trip. Before we uh, let you go, I want to ask you, how can our listeners, how can we pray for you specifically? Well, you know, I, I do travel a lot, and I know that's a strain on my wife. Uh, I've got three kids at home. Uh, she teaches school. She's a speech teacher. So, you know, anytime you, you take a, a school teacher and you throw her system in, you know, out of whack a little bit, then, you know, our house is a little shaken up. So, uh, you know, I was out of town last week. I'm out of town again next week. So, yeah, if you guys could remember my family and, and, and help us just to stay focused on all the things that we're trying to do, that would be awesome because, you know, I'm one of the most blessed people in the whole world to get to do what I do, and I really love it, and I really need her love and support to get it done. Amen. Tim, I want to thank you for joining us. I hope we get the chance to talk again soon and do this again, talk about some other sports. But before I let you go, do you want to tell folks how you can, how they can get a hold of you to find out more if they're interested in bringing a, tip, a team on a, a short-term trip? Absolutely. You can either go to our website at uh, score international, scoreintl.org, or you can call me direct. My cell phone is 423-315-0266. I would love to help you guys and put anything together for you that we can. We are here to serve you, and we want to make these trips uh, as, as, as good as we can. We've been doing this for, this is our 31st year, if you can believe that, Rick. Wow. So, uh, you know, Coach Bishop started this thing back in 84, and we are so blessed to be a part of continuing, continuing, continuing it, if I can get that out right, and uh, watching it grow because no matter what we do, God just seems to bless it. So uh, it, it's all him. It has nothing to do with us. I can promise you that. Tim Swain, he's the director of public relations for Score International. I can tell you he will make your trip fun. He's a fun guy to be around. Tim, thanks again for joining us, and, I look forward to talking to you again soon. Oh, absolutely. Rick, i got a fun fact for you if you got just a second. Yeah, man. Bring it. I, I, I was doing some research on this game. I know we didn't really talk, talk a whole lot about the Oregon-OSU game, but I read that in 1939, that was the first year the NCAA did the basketball tournament. There were 16 teams, I think, in the first basketball tournament, and the two teams that made it to the finals were Oregon and OSU. No kidding. Yeah, how about that? And well, what are the won. chances of that? <laughs> exactly. First year of the playoff, same two teams make it in football. Uh, that's kind of so cool. I thought that was kind of a cool fact. That is kind of cool. All right, Tim, thanks for joining us. Hey, thank you so much for your time. And, and to all your listeners, you know, I appreciate your time. And uh, we look forward to serving you all real soon. We'll be praying for you and your family. Have a great day. You too. Thanks a lot. See ya. Tim Sweeney, Director of Public Relations, SCORE International. If you're interested in going on a short-term trip, taking a team, if you're involved in a uh, sports team, really of any type, I can. I just want to encourage you to give Tim a call. And uh, one of these trips, Dominican, Costa Rica, wherever you want to go, um, it'll have a great impact on your life. You're listening to Benson and those guys. In retirement, will you outlive your money? It's a common question for people approaching retirement, but it doesn't need to weigh on you. Ask Ameriprise Financial Advisor Nathan R. Wegman about the new Confident Retirement Approach. You and Nathan can break down retirement, planning step-by-step to get the real answers you need. 
Call Nathan R. Wegman, financial advisor today at 585-272-0080. Office is located at 2024 West Henrietta Road, Building 3E, Rochester, New York, 14623. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Title sponsor of Benson and Those Guys is Town & Country Pest Solutions. Serving Rochester for over 25 years, Town & Country Pest Solutions' team of knowledgeable professionals can make your pest problem a thing of the past. Alligators, ants, bedbugs, snakes, yellow jackets, they do it all. Take back your home and put your mind at ease. Call Town & Country today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. Fearing nothing but God. Former Major League pitcher and friend of the Benson and Those Guys program, Don Gordon will be speaking live at Grace Baptist Church in Brockport on Sunday, February 1st at 9.45 a.m. Don is the international baseball director for SCORE International and played 10 years of professional baseball as well as 5 seasons in Latin America. Uniquely gifted to minister to men and families, God has used Don in countries all around the world to speak his heart from the Word of God. Come hear Don Gordon speaking live February 1st at Grace Baptist Church in Brockport. Services begin at 9.45 a.m. Welcome back to the program. That's and Those Guys is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Darren brings us his unreasonable rant. Since we are now in a new station, I thought I should introduce myself. My name is Darren, and I'm awesome. I've now been quoted on Facebook, and I've signed an autograph. Something these three have not. I was given this segment so I could say all the things Benson deems unreasonable, except for one big problem. I'm always right. I started by saying Barry Bonds never took steroids, and to this day, he and his giant head still haven't been found guilty. I said the Bills would miss the playoffs, despite Zach's rather angry rebuttals all year long. I said the Cowboys would win the Super Bowl, and so far, I look like a genius. I've made fun of the WNBA and people that run half marathons. I stand behind those comments. Women's basketball is awful, and running half of something isn't impressive. I called Zach the Fun Police for not completing the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge. He still hasn't done it. I called myself the Mike Trout of softball, and unlike Benson, my softball stats speak for themselves. In case you didn't hear, Benson went over for the fall season. I'm pretty much right on everything. Like I said before, I'm awesome. So welcome to my show. I am the party. You all just sit back and enjoy my awesomeness as we spend Saturday mornings together. You ever get tired of being wrong? (laughs) You you are an awful... You know what I figured out in that rant? Why you have a successful marriage? Because I'm awesome? No, because you and your wife have so much in common. She loves you. You clearly love you. The whole thing just the whole thing just works. I'm amazing, and you know it. Benson and those guys is brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solutions, and because Pest Solutions is our sponsor, we go around the room and we do our Pest of the Week. Zach, this week, who's your Pest of the Week? It's the thugs that attacked Yankees prospect Ty Hensley over the holidays, knocked him unconscious, and brutally beat him to the point that he was hospitalized for several days. Why on earth would any human being do something like that? My pest of the week is Kurt Schilling denied entry into Cooperstown for the third straight year Tuesday, claimed that being a high-profile Republican caused some voters to leave him off their ballots. His quote is, uh, I think believe, I believe this quote might be via Twitter, but he says, Smoltz is a Hall of Famer. No, I'm, I'm sorry, this was in an interview. Smoltz is a Hall of Famer, and I think the other big thing 
is that I think he's a Democrat. And so I know that as a Republican that there's some people who really don't like that. Smoltz, by the way, <laughs> donated money to Republican Mitt Romney's presidential campaign in 212, but I guess that doesn't matter. At Mo Rings 42 tweeted at Schilling that Jackie Robinson was a Republican, so you can put away that violin. You're one of those borderline players, nothing with politics. Schilling's response, again, via Twitter, bet right back at Mo Rings 42. He says, listen to the interview, then shut your pie hole. It was said in jest, you dink. Is it just me, or since leaving the game, does uh, Kurt Schilling sort of seem to be off the deep end? He's getting even worse. He's Kurt a grumpy Schilling old man. Kurt Schilling is my pest of the week. My pest of the week is New York Jets football fans for getting mad at Governor Christie for rooting for his team, the Dallas Cowboys, that he's rooted for his entire life, as though the Jets have a decent football team that Governor Christie would be able to root for. We all know that isn't happening anytime soon. My pest of the week is the New York Jets football fans. My pest is anyone telling Andrew Luck to shave his neck beard. I mean, even his 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 girlfriend and mother are both telling him to shave it, and he's still not doing it. He's growing this thing just because he doesn't feel like shaving. Stay right, so, strong, Andrew Luck. Yeah, get off the guy, mate. Andrew Luck, you keep doing you. So everyone that's telling him to shave his beard, shut it. it he wears the pants, clearly. So you're all my pest of the week for telling him to shave it. Says the guy who can't grow a beard. Darren's living vicariously through Andrew Luck. That's what he's doing. It's a fantastic neck beard. His his beard isn't that good though. It's kind of oh, it's awful. There's no such thing as a fantastic neck beard. No, it's it's it's, neck beards are awful. Awful looking. Yeah, he's he's just doing it because he doesn't feel like shaving. It's not for luck. It's not for the playoffs. He just doesn't want to shave. And you know what? Why is everyone hating on him? You're a professional athlete, man. Tighten up your game. You gotta look good. He's you got gotta mi- get over that laziness. He's Maybe he needs to dollars. hang out with Scott Mitchell and, and get on the biggest loser and lose that hair. But he's got millions of dollars. He can do whatever he wants. Wanna thank you for joining us this week. Benson and those guys is brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solutions. Again, it is our great joy to be joining this week, debuting on the 1055 The Team, CBS Sports Radio. You can also find the show via iTunes. You can visit our website, btgprogram.com. Or find us on Twitter, at BTG Program. You're listening to Benson and Those Guys, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. (laughs) 